everybody, and welcome to the newest indoor adventure in Waterdeep War of the Spark Part 5. Today is February 11th, 2020, and you are loved. And that is a very important thing that we like to remind each and every single one of our viewers and listeners at the beginning of each and every single one of our sessions, because if you aren't going to hear it from anyone else, then hear it from us, because we believe in you. And if this is your first time hearing that message, consider going to youtube.com slash indoor adventures. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Daniel Quasar, for the subscription, GB. Would you like to, uh, would you like to show what happens when people sub? You're muted, sire. <laughs> GB, do the thing. The thing. When I'm on the channel and somebody uh, gives us a follow or a sub, I take this mallet. I hit that guy in the face. Yes. Ooh, that was deep. That was a, good that was a one. deep one. Yes. Mm. So, uh, that is what happens when we get subs. So, thank you again, Daniel Quasar. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, consider going to youtube.com slash indoor adventures where you can catch up on all of the VODs. Or if you are more auditorily inclined, consider going to anywhere where podcasts are available for free and you can check us out under the same moniker. Uh, if you support us on Twitch, YouTube and all of those other places and are looking uh, to help further your support, either consider going to patreon.com slash indoor adventures where you can gain access to our after show, or you can go to indooradventure.redbubble.com and pick up some lovely merch. We got mugs, we got t-shirts, we got posters, we got shower curtains, we got throw pillows. The nunchucks are coming. Don't worry, we're figuring it out. But we are making some good stuff along the way and honestly uh any merch sales go to help support the show so uh i appreciate it other than that i believe that is it for my opening spiel so hey rj who are you playing tonight hey everybody i'm rj and i play hubris the shatter kai uh, the tiefling sorcerer warlock gb Okay, god dang it. I monkeyed it up again. Uh, I'm Greybeard, Greybeard Stavard, and tonight I'll be playing Crank Gorblast, Goliath Gladiator, Barbarian. Hi, I'm LB Hackamup, and I'll be playing Ghost, the Cleric Shifter Bloodhunter. And I'm Wings, also known as Danae Keener, and I'm going to be playing as Virtue, the Tiefling Rogue Sorcerer. And I am the Indoor Adventurer, and tonight I shall be your Dungeon Master. So, Last we left off, uh, in session previous, Ghost, you ended up going through the long halls of the Demir Tunnels beneath the city streets of Ravnica, where you came into an encounter with a, uh, a soon-to-be deity, uh, an ancient dragon that you had known only as the Pharaoh, uh, who ended up rifling through your mind using ancient draconic magics before sending you loose underneath the city streets of Ravnica yet again, having spent several days uh, in his uh, care is a strong word. At that point as well, uh, as the party had been split, Hubris, you, uh, you, Virtue, and Kronk. Sorry, I had, a, I had a moment where I forgot what Virtue's name was because tieflings. Hubris, Virtue, and Kronk all ended up going to meet up with the members of the Gate Watch, a group of planeswalkers whose sole goal it is to prevent Nicol Bolas from ascending to godhood. 
after having agreed that you would then go and rescue a figure that had only been uh, described to you as Gideon, virtue you know this as Gideon Jura, uh, you decided to make your way towards the blood pit. Uh, it was at this point that you all ended up re uh, reconvening back at the airship docks where you met up with Ghost, who was not in the best of sorts. Ghost, you had followed your homunculi friend Fifflethip back to the actual, uh, ac back to the watch station. And uh, upon meeting your friends, you felt like you were being continuously watched. At this point, uh, Virtue, under the guise of Captain Sunder, ran back to the ship, uh, no longer, uh, not necessarily no longer interested uh, in staying with the group, but it's uh, Virtue is a wee bit skittish as a tiefling. Uh, Hubris, you went into work mode, uh, as you had so uh, politely described it, and headed off towards the Rakdos Carnarium. Uh, it was at that point that you, Hubris, ended up meeting up with a group of trick-or-treaters that consistently chanted candy and blood, uh, and then met up with a human jester man named Arturo, who very, uh, very enthusiastically led you directly to the blood pit. While you were being taken that direction, Ghost, you ended up having a regrettable encounter with an Orzov moneylender named Aloysius, who was in the Triumvirate's Pleasure, uh, deep below the city once again, and realized that it was going to be a mite bit more difficult to actually get your hands on an item that would allow you to feel more protected uh, than you currently did. At that point, you and Kronk decided that you were going to go and try and find a place to stay, while Hubris pointed your large rifle towards the sky and began descending the Colosseum steps towards the middle of this colloquially known blood pit, where you could see a human man with four whip-like appendages at the end of a gauntlet fighting what could be described as dogs if they, or at least creatures doing their best to uh, describe themselves as dogs. Dot user, thank you so much for the sub, GB. Would you like? Oh, geez, if it becomes a habit, just think. <laughs> All right, I hope you heard what I said before. If you get a sub or follow here, I take this mallet. I hit that guy in the head. <laughs> The most satisfying sound on the entire internet. Uh, so yes, Hubris, you are making your way down into uh, down the steps of the blood pit. What is going on in Hubris's brain? What is? Let's take off from there. In Hubris's brain, it's just repetition of fuck, 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 fuck. But uh, he doesn't show it outwardly. It's that stone-faced demeanor that he has been showing this entire trip to Ravnica as he's looking past Gideon up to where this big form is sitting. Okay. And uh, you hear the large form. Uh, they don't seem to take notice of you. As you're walking down, they don't seem to really pay attention to most things that are going on on the floors themselves. Uh, and Gideon uh, is, honestly, he looks fine. A little tired from just having fought uh, several creatures. And you know that this is one of the uh, 
they're in about uh phase six of or uh going into phase six he just finished the fifth round of blood pit battles and uh at that point uh you see this large red hand come down again and this hand looks like it is larger than a cart this creature as a whole would probably be closer to the gargantuan scale if you had to size it using D&D scaling. Uh, but this large mitt ends up coming out and you see actually makes a rising motion. And as it does, uh, there are, uh, like Colosseums of old, there are trapdoors and other such mechanisms where creatures could sort of come out from underneath uh, the Colosseum itself. And as you see one of these boards fall down, uh, a large four-legged, what looks like a cat, uh, ends up coming out from uh, one of these tunnels that have been opened. But this cat has almost ram-like horns on it, and it has this very feral look in its eye. And you can see that it has it is covered in scars and marrings and does not look like it has been kept in the best of health. And as this creature leaps uh, up into the open area of the blood pit, there is, uh, through a gate that has been opened, you hear the rumbling of footsteps as a Ravnican giant wearing what looks like an Iron Maiden as a mask that just has two eye slits in it. Like, you can tell that there are spikes on the inside of this mask as well. And it is just wearing mostly leather and spikes at this point that just seems to come out wielding these two large chains that are attached to its wrists and together the two of them enter into the blood pit to face off against Gideon Jura a singular human standing alone in the pit itself and uh you hear the voice of this entity that is still covered in shadow from up above say and now the sixth battle on one hand we have gideon jura of uh, i don't remember what plane he's from it doesn't matter and on the other hand we have our most feral of felidars and of course the giant of blood ray and at that point the crowd begins to cheer frantically and it seems like the cheering is actually agitating the Felidar. Uh, it's almost like it doesn't like loud noises. Who would have thought that this creature with acute hearing doesn't like the roar of the crowd? Uh, but it would appear as if the Rakdos, uh, the members of the Rakdos cult don't care. Uh, and Gideon uh, looks up towards Rakdos and you see him point a finger towards Rakdos. And then before he can say much of anything, this giant whips around with its large chain and just catches Gideon in the side and sends him sprawling. God damn it. Uh, how far am I from this on the stand? Uh, on the stand, I would say you are about 80 feet away. You've gotten pretty far down in the actual uh, Coliseum stairs. Cool. I can look into the pit, correct? Yeah. I'm letting off an Eldritch Blast at the giant. Okay. Boy, oh boy. Sounds Welcome. good. 
So, let's roll some initiative. Yeah. Do I get the surprise round, or are they already in combat? They are already in combat, so you will be rolling into their initiative. Okay. <clears throat> I got a 16. Okay. And... And Hubris, you said you got a 16. All right. So, uh, your Eldritch Blast fires. You're shooting the giant. Make an attack roll. Uh, sorry, one sec. Save this each. 24 and a 27. Yeah, they both hit. Cool. Uh, 2d10. I have so many dice now. Um, sorry. I should have prepped this earlier. Uh, uh, it's not like I have stage fright or anything. Uh, ooh. Uh, nine. 13 on the first blast and... Five, nine on the second blast, so total of 22. Okay. So as you shoot in, uh, the crowd begins to cheer, and you hear from uh, from the direction of this large of this gargantuan shrouded figure. Looks like we have another challenger, and the crowd begins to cheer once more. And Hubris, you feel hands grabbing at your arms and legs, and soon you find yourself being forcibly crowd surfed uh, down the uh, down the steps of the blood pit until you are then thrown into the actual Colosseum. As he's being crowd surfed, I'm going to burn a sorcerer point to quicken a scorching ray. Okay. Um. So, oh goddamn. So many dice. Dumb. Um, <clears throat> plus two, so seven. Okay. Does a 19 hit? 19 does hit. Does a 20. Well, yeah, that'll hit. Does a 16 hit? Yes, it does. Turns out so that this hit. giant, not wearing very many clothes, is big and meaty. So the rest of these will hit. Cool. Yes. Um, two, four, seven, fourteen. Fifty-two points of fire damage. Oh my god! Well, it's gonna take that like a champ. No, oh, great, goody, yippee! And then Hubris lands three-point landing on the floor. Okay. It is now the Felidar's turn. Uh, and the Felidar is going to run up and make a pounce attack towards you. So I need you to make a strength save. Fifteen? <laughs> um, a fifteen is exactly what you needed, so you will not be knocked prone. Uh, does a nineteen hit you? Mm, yes. Okay. So you are going to be taking... 12 points of slashing damage. Uh, can I have it make a deck save? Yes. Cool. Actually, and... does... Would what? that burn? No. 
Mm-mm. No, no, never mind. Okay, sounds good. So it is going to then bite out towards you with a 26 to hit. Nah. Okay, so that is... Ho-ho! Very nice. A total of... 26 points of piercing damage. Cool, 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 cool. All right, and that is the Felidar's turn. So... Then next up is Gideon. And Gideon stands up from where he had been hit with this uh by this giant and he looks uninjured. Well fuck. By the actual damage that he seemed to have taken. And he looks towards you and he just yells, What are you doing? Get out of here! Well, I'm here for your ass because you're needed. And uh, he is going to make an attack towards the giant. His first whip misses. Second whip hits. Third whip hits. And fourth whip hits. And so you see him just uh, flick out with his wrist as these almost ribbon-like blades just seem to pick up dirt and dust from the blood pit's ground and then just rake across the side of this giant. So he hit with three of these attacks. So the giant is... Goddamn, Gideon. Good for you, buddy. So the giant is going to be taking 16 points of slashing damage <coughs> from each of these whips. And if it Damn. was a smaller creature, it would have to try and, you know, not be tripped. But it's a giant. It's not. It doesn't really care about all of that. So that is it for Gideon's turn. And he is... He's just perplexed as to what you mean that you're here for him. He's never seen you before. He is just trying to focus on this fight. Next up is the giant. Uh, And so the giant is then going to uh, focus on Gideon, seeing as how uh, Gideon has kind of made himself a target for the creature. And gets one hit and i believe nope just makes a one attack so gideon then needs to make a or no he's just grappled by this chain so that's good he's fine oh i'm sure he's fine so gideon is going to take 19 points of bludgeoning damage uh which as this chain connects you see that there is a Actually, make a perception check. Nine. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so you just see these chains wrap around Gideon, and he is just doing his best uh, to just flex out of this. But he is now considered grappled by this creature. Uh, So then next up is the big old cat's turn uh, at the top of the round. Because I had, I'd skipped over, or I had gotten you and the cat confused when you had rolled into combat. 
Ah, meow. So, it, it, or actually, I'll just have, we'll have you go again, and we'll say that the Felidar had its turn of just attacking you because nothing changed in that setting. Cool. Yeah, so it is your turn. Um, going to quicken another spell. Uh, two of these are flies. Is there a way? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Hubris looks over to Gideon to make sure he's okay. He's doing fine. Gideon looks oh. like he hasn't taken any damage this whole time. Well, I hope this isn't a this isn't like a wrestling thing, or else this is gonna be bad for everyone. Uh. He's going to raise his voice over to Rakdos and yell, have you ever played Find the Queen? And uh, Rakdos just starts laughing. He folds his arms backwards and uh, he folds his arms against his chest, falls backwards, and a spectral card appears behind him and it shuffles into three. Uh, They shuffle around and one of them pops out. And you hear Hubris's voice go, well, too bad you found a king. And outwards emerges an albino Tyrannosaurus Rex with uh, a broken horn on one side and another one that curves around. Wait, so like an Allosaurus? Because didn't they have horns? T-Rexes didn't have horns, but... Well, it, it's, it's a it T-Rex. Does but today, it, bitches! It does today, bitches! Okay. Um... Yeah, I get the shit ton of temp HP. Thank God. Okay. And as I bonus, I have an action. So I'm going to multi-attack this motherfucker. Sure. Uh, First up is a bite attack. Um, Natural 20 for a total of 30. Okay. So... Uh, as you bite into this creature, you feel a equivocal rumbling on the ground next to you as this blood fray giant is going to use its reaction uh, to make a chain attack against you. Oh boy. And as it does, it is just whipping the same chain that Gideon is currently wrapped up in. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it is going to try and make a strike against you. So, does a 19 hit? Yes. Okay. That is... Total of... 18. Cool. I gotta try and save. I'm good. Alright, cool. You are grappled. As Gideon goes flying out of the chain, and you are instead wrapped up in it, and until the grapple ends, the target is restrained. Cool, but my bite still goes off, correct? Yeah, your bite still goes off, but you are now currently restrained. Cool. 73 points of piercing damage. What are you? I'm a T-Rex. I do 40. I thought that the 30. Oh, oh, the 32 hit. 32 hit, The 30 wasn't the damage. Okay. No, no, no. I nat 20'd. Got it. Okay, cool. So you said 72? Yes. Yeah, this creature's still alive. It wishes it wasn't. Uh, it has to make a strength check against me. 
Okay. Or no, it's just automatically grappled. Okay. Wait, what size is it? Sorry. Uh, it is large. Never mind. Okay. Tail attack. Okay, so you are considered restrained, and you... Yep, that's it. That's it? Yep. Attack rolls against you have advantage, and your attack rolls have disadvantage, but you are... Okay. But that is about it. Uh... Does a 14 hit? A 14 does not hit. Lame. Okay. That's my turn. Okay. Sounds good. So next up is Gideon, who stands up, looks up at your form, and just, like, squints at you, shakes his head a little bit and then he's just gonna like focus on fighting the on fighting the creatures in front of him like there's a lot if t-rexes could wink uh gideon yells out um you're on my side (laughs) okay uh and he is going to then strike out against giant as best he can so first hit good second hit bad third hit bad fourth hit worse so he gets one four min damage and now it is the giant's turn uh and the giant is very upset about what you are doing to what might be its pet you're not sure you don't know the dynamics of these creatures uh but it is going to rear back with a hand and as it does you see it kind of like do a corkscrew like motion but as it does the loose chains that are on its arm actually wrap around and create a bulkhead for its actual fist itself and it rears back and it is going to then try and punch you directly in the face in your big old t-rexy face Kaiju fight! Kaiju fight! Wow. Um, does a 12 hit? No, actually. Alright, cool. Cause it got a 3 and a 4 on its advantage dice, so. Oh, buddy. Solid. Uh, then next up is, uh, next up is the big old cat. Who is going to make a bite towards you. And that is a 24 to hit. Yeah. Okay, so that is going to be... With its bite, it ends up dealing 15 points of piercing damage. Okay. Make your save. I'm good. And second attack, which is a 19 to hit. Ooh, hit. Okay, and that is going to be for 12 points of slashing damage. Alright, sounds good. Next up, the Hubersaurus Rex. Um, I can only do what I know best, bite and tail. So both attacks have disadvantage, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, does a 17 hit? Uh, against which creature? Cat or giant? Cat. Yeah, that'll hit. Okay. Uh, I'll total the damage later. Unless it has, like, resistances. Nope. Cool. Does an 11 hit? It does not. Damn. Uh, 
for this much. 32. Okay. For 32? Mm-hmm. All right. So as this creature dies, uh, your big old chompers sinking into it, you hear a roar uh, that is in giant, a language that you are not exactly well-versed in. Uh, but the giant is going to once again use its reaction to try and punch out against you. And this time, it gets a 22 to hit. Yeah. Hurt right. me, daddy. And that is for... <laughs> Fourteen points of bludgeoning damage. Oh, oh boy. Ah. Uh, so good. Thank you, Daniel Quasar, for gifting a sub. Holy shit. GB, would you like to make the noise? Which is perfect. Uh, <laughs> consider what is going in, going on today. Uh. All right. Should I give the speech every time? Just nah, uh, nah, you should. All right, for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, so that was the Hubersaur's turn. Uh, and next up is Gideon, who is going to be slashing out against this giant, uh, with all that he can. Gideon, roll better. You're a planeswalker. <laughs> Uh, Gideon ends up dealing, uh, honestly enough at this point. Uh, and what Gideon does is that while, uh, while the Bloodfray Giant is in the process of fighting out against you, Hubris, uh, you see Gideon actually, uh, in a very Gwen-like move from Monday night, will leap on to the back of the giant and just run up until he is at the nape of the giant's neck and rears back with his shield and just sinks it into the actual spot where the spine connects to the base of the neck. And with a thunderous cracking sound, the giant's head snaps back and begins to fall forward. And Gideon just rides it down onto the ground. And uh, while this is happening, yep. he just, like had the giant cat by the neck swings it and just chucks it into the crowd oh this is what the crowd lives for uh are you aiming it towards any particular crowd member named arturo or are you just throwing it into the crowd just into the crowd okay cool that's my baby daddy got it now uh, well out of the two dice <laughs> that i rolled uh depending on uh if people could make it out with deck saves they did not uh so this large cat-like body just flies into the crowd and actually crushes some of the viewers underneath its massive weight as well as the force of a t-rex throwing this beast onto there and like um Like moths to a flame, or like if you ever drop something when there are animals nearby who are like very interested in people food, it is just a swarm over this creature. And it seems like there is a lot of ripping and tearing that then begins to happen as the members of the cult of Rakdos begin to take trophies from this fallen, uh, from this fallen beast that was then thrown upon them. Uh, 
and very quickly you see bits and pieces of it begin going in different directions as the crowd is just like taking them places uh and at that there is uh gideon just looks up at you and just what are you uh and he is just like more just like flabbergasted like no one from the crowd helps if anything, he was expecting members from the crowd to jump on in and then start fighting against him, not necessarily help him out. And at that, you hear a loud, dry laughter come from the shadowed figure and two twin beads of what look like pure red in color emerge from the darkness. And... Uh, as the laughter trails off, uh, you hear a, Well, maybe I hadn't, maybe I wasn't familiar on how to find a queen before, but you seem like the perfect kind of king. Come! Enough games for today, I tire of the matter. And Gideon's like, no, we had a deal. And he's just like, ah, deal schmeal. Anyways, uh, let this new uh, perfect, what are you exactly? Uh, you look like an Indric creature, perhaps a Simic of sorts. Anyways, bring them to Raximundi. Uh, and as uh, Rakdos calls out uh, to bring them to Raximundi, uh, more of these gates begin to open, <clears throat> and Gideon just looks at you, Hubris, with this what-the-fuck look, as what looked like waves of jesters and troubadours and other various sorts of performers, which you're assuming are probably the equivalent of Rakdos guards, uh, come out to escort you as best they can. Um, when Rakdos has asked Hubris what he is, uh, Hubris starts shrinking back down to his tiefling form. And as he's walking with the guards, he'll turn his head and just say, I'm motherfucking wild cod. And there is another uproarious laughter from Rakdos, which seems to be infectious to the other cult members residing within the blood pit uh, as a coliseum. And you hear one very shrill, but very proud, That's my baby's daddy! <laughs> Coming from the crowd as Arturo is just pointing down towards you. And uh, as uh, you are being drawn off to uh, an unknown place that you aren't sure you've ever heard of before called Raximundi, uh, let's go over to our other, uh, our other lovely contestants in this War of the Spark. So, Ghost, you have just had a horrible encounter with a very putrid individual by the name of Aloysius. Uh, and you and Kronk have then uh, set up, at least uh, momentarily, in a in a hotel-style place. Uh, you aren't necessarily accustomed to places like this in uh, Waterdeep, where normally you go to a tavern and then you can rent uh, you can rent a room there. It seems like this building is entirely rooms that are meant for rent. There's Did, no... Were we going? Is that where we were going? Yes. Uh... I thought we were going to the Is it? Right. Yes. 
Sorry. It's okay. Uh, yeah, so... Ghost uh, does need a nap, yes. but now is not the time. Okay, sorry. I was under the assumption that she was going to go get herself a nap. Uh, but yeah, so you are then going to the is it to uh, find out whether or not you can get yourself an item, uh, mm -hmm. or at least trade for an item that will allow you yeah. to have some sort of um, some sort of protective uh, shield against any kind of mind magics that this pharaoh god might have mm -hmm. uh, might be using upon you. Yeah. Uh, I think Ghost is going to be piggybacking on uh, Kronk at this point because uh, she she a uh, exhausted girl. Um, and then if we can't find anything at the Is It Guild, then we're gonna go talk to the uh, Ak Inc people. They might have something. And if not, then she'll contact Hubris. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so make a. Make an investigation check as you go uh, into Is It territory. Uh, dirty, filthy, filthy twenty. Okay, so when you go into Is It territory, uh, you are you're not necessarily familiar with this place uh but you are well versed enough in that you partially scoped it out with vencer's help uh and you figured out uh the best way to kind of maneuver around you haven't met anyone except for the one traitor uh which told you to never come back uh given your previous interaction uh but you are able uh to at least stop an engineer uh, who is in the process of working on some large mechanical contraption. Um, and the contraption looks unstable. That is a fact. You can see that it's like there is a engine that is turning, but it looks like it's shaking as it does. It does. He should probably like turn it off when he's working on it, but he seems to think that his, his adjustments will be will better register if he keeps it on. Uh, mm -hmm. and this is a, uh, this is a goblinoid, uh, stands about maybe four and a half feet tall, less than, uh, and their name is, uh, Grexel. Um, does he, is he a traitor or is he, some, I'm asking him where I can find something. Uh, as far as you know, with the is it, they don't necessarily have set traders. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is the only, and Grexel is the only one who has acknowledged you uh, right. as far as other individuals. It's a pleasure to meet you, Grexel. Um, I'm in search of something that can stop individuals from prying into my mind. Uh, trying to make some crimes. <laughs> Wait, and he turns and just like hits the side of this engine he's working on with a spanner, but he's not like turning anything. He's just like knocking it a few times. <laughs> and then he turns back to you, trying to avoid those precogs, huh? Yes. Crixel gets you. Mm. Wow. Well, what are you offering? I have some what, items. What, what kind of goodies you offer in Grexel? Are we where 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 are we? 
you you are we'll say at this point you are in grexel's uh miniaturized workshop Cute. It uh, looks like a small garage, like it has like a sheet metal pull door. Uh-huh. Uh, does Kronk have to sit in the doorway because he can't fit? Kronk would at least have to duck down to get into this garage. <laughs> All right. Well, it depends on what you're interested in. Um, I you have any museum? Check... I'm sorry? Museum. I don't have. Oh, money? No, Mithium! It is an important, important component. I need it for my work. Do you have any? Oh, um... I don't have deception. I was, <laughs> so I was like, hmm, is this character gonna lie? No. Okay, um... Uh, no, but I do have this. And she pulls out the iron bands. What's this? This is a magical item that you can Ooh. use for a multitude of different things. Like what? And as he says, uh, as they say, like what, the engine that they are working on, you see there's some questionable black smoke coming mm -hmm. up from it. Can I make an insight check to see if I can figure out what's going on with that? Yeah. <laughs> or like a wisdom check or something? I'll say insight's fine. Okay, it's the same. Does a 26 count for anything? <laughs> You know, from what you have been told by Venser and what you have been told by all of the other individuals that you that you have encountered here, is that the is it when they make inventions uh, are not they don't exactly have the best uh, foresight mm -hmm. when they make things, mm -hmm. uh, and you are assuming that. Uh, if left alone, Grexel's mm. machine probably shouldn't have the engine running as mm -hmm. fast or as hot as it is. Uh, and you can start to smell that there is a there is a very like pungent uh, mm -hmm. smell of like heated metal that seems to be coming from this thing. Uh, um, you know, I, I I don't mean to be a bother, but my nose is very sensitive, being of Fox, it, could, would you mind shutting that off for just a moment while we speak? And Grexel looks back at it. And like, as you say, like you have a sensitive nose, they like smell their pits real quick. They think that it's about them. Uh, but then as you uh, explain, Grexel like, ah! and like rushes back over and starts hitting the side of this machine uh, with his spanner again. And you can uh -huh. see that there are dents and grooves that are being like put mm -hmm. into it. Uh, a spark of electricity actually arcs out of where the engine is and just blasts an upper corner <laughs> of this work garage. Uh, and Grexel kind of like hops back a little bit. Their hair stands up on end just for a moment. Uh, and then they look towards uh, they look towards you, Ghost. A cup. Cup, a cup, 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 cup. Do you have a cup, a container, a small thing? No lid. I don't need the lid. I just need the container. Kronk hucks him his uh, his pewter mug, and Grexel kind of fumbles with it a little bit and like almost falls over. Another arc of lightning just shoots out and blasts part of the sidewall. And as it does, you can see that there are some crystals that were lying on top of a table that then just begin to glow uh with this electrical hum and 
uh grexel goes over to the back end of the machine uh and you can hear that there is a series of banging just come on come on come on come on come on, come on, come on! and then the machine stops it begins to wind down and as it finishes winding you hear what sounds like a flowing liquid like a, a small steady stream of flowing liquid and Grexel then comes back out, and you can see that they are holding in their hands a small cup of coffee. We call this one Mr. Coffee! I, wow, I'm so impressed by this machine. It makes coffee. Like nothing you've ever had. You know, you seem like a, 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 a being who is of the finer things in this world. A, a being who wants the finest coffee, as you are. Of you course. know what I have. I have... Have you heard that there are planes beyond this one? Hubbub. Well, I've been Hoo-ah. there. What? Hoo-ah. Yes. I'm from a different plane of existence. Look at me. Look at my friend. Grexel walks over to you, Kronk. Mm. Just eyes you up and down. Here's your cup back. And he hands you back the cup. He only took two sips out of his cup of coffee, and he seems to be just handing you a partially full cup. Of coffee? Yeah. Kronk? There is a place called the Feywild, where the grasses are orange and the sky is green. I don't actually know. Take me Yes. Oh, that would be a mighty, mighty feat. Why would you tell me about this? Because I have items from there. (laughs) I have here... And she hand pulls out a uh, vial of uh oh I hate to do this it's oil uh and it's uh lavender oil and she kind it's a she this is bathing oil or it can be used as a good smelling lubricant for items such as your machine here if that's not something you're interested in i do have yeah let me see oh pass it over empty promises if i can't see it oh here she passes it over results is what we care about most Mm -hmm. snatches it uncorks it just It is quite strong if you just inhale it. And pops it open again and like puts a finger in, then sets Don't the cork eat back. It. Do not oh no. Just straight up like oil into the mouth and just You said it tasted good. I no. did not say I said it smelled Smell. good. like this and he just hands it back to you (laughs) right all right how about you know do you have 
the thing that I am looking for. I, I don't want to waste your time bartering if... I can make you one. Really? Mm. How much would it be worth here? Mm. Mm. <laughs> 2500s Minimum, if I get caught making this for you? My lamp closes down! And he's, like, motioning towards his garage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I have this magic item, as I said, and she presents the Banzabrullo, and uh, this um, magical item uh, allows you to ensnare anyone you choose. So like shackles. Like Better a regular than set of manacles. Kronk. Mm. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Kronk's always the test subject. Um, grovel. And she releases the bands onto Kronk. <laughs> Kronk, attempt to get out of those, please. <laughs> you don't really want Kronk no, to get out of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kronk flexes. Hmm. We could do this. This deal Grixel agrees to. All right. Is there something you'd like me to give you as a placeholder so you're not left empty handed? Know that. I want that. Oh, thing. well, isn't payment usually given upon completion? What? Well, isn't that how things work? Payment upon product. Mm, no. Payment for research and development. And also, if I get caught making this, then I go to jail. Hmm. I don't want that. You don't want that. Of course not. Ghost gets very close to him and smells him. He spits you on will... her. Oh. He spits on yep, her? Yep, just... I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. They'll do things like that to me in jail! Uh, Kronk can see Ghost's, like, hair spike up on the back of her neck as he sees her attempt to control herself. You will make this thing for me if I give you these bands. Okay, I'm gonna do an insight check. That's my insight. Uh, (laughs) 27. Yeah, Grixel will totally make this for you. Deal. Gravel. She. <laughs> How long will this take? He says. Uh, he basically gives you a time frame that is the equivalent of four months. That is a long time, Grixel. 
You want a quality product? You came to Grixel's shop. We can make it. We can make it big, fancy, or very small. Simple, laid back. Why don't you give me the afternoon to think about it? I need to make sure that this time frame is going to work with mine. And he then just shrugs and says, Now where to find me? Uh, I do. And at that, you can see that the machine begins to turn on its own. Well, it's been great. Thanks. Goodbye. <laughs> Ghost pushes Kronk out the door. <laughs> well, shit. Coffee. Thank you. <laughs> I sip it. How bad is it? What do you mean bad? It came out of Mr. Coffee. <laughs> this coffee's delicious. Should probably change the name. <laughs> no. This one? Mr. Coffee. <laughs> uh, I guess then uh, Ghost is going to um, go talk to the adventures at, at Kink. Okay. So as you are walking uh, with Kronk's help and Fifflethip was all, like almost in tears the entire interaction uh, <laughs> i forgot he was with us yep yeah. uh as uh you are all turning away and walking uh as you round the corner you hear this very large boom uh come from the direction <laughs> of grixel's lab and you can see that there is just black smoke billowing out uh it seems like he did not have a secondary container to catch mr coffee's second spoot um Low is Grixel today. Mm. Uh, but uh, as you are making your way back through the Transguild Promenade, uh, let us go back to Virtue. Now, Virtue, uh, the last that we had seen you, you had run away uh, from your brother, your brother's ex-wife, and your brother's ex-wife's bodyguard. Uh <laughs> As well as, you know, you kind of had to leave Fifflethip alone, but he, he, he manages. The baby of Ravnica manages. So what is Virtue up to? She's trying to find her brother. Okay. He, he ran off and she's going to fucking lose him again. So she's trying to track him down. Okay. Make a investigation check. Oh, fuck. Oh. Funny story. Hmm, I rolled a seven on the die, so that's a six. Okay. Uh, it also doesn't help that your brother is the shady and nefarious type who will put on a mask and pull up a hood and make sure that nobody can really get a good look at who he is whenever he goes about town. So you have gotten pretty much as far as the Transguild Promenade asking around for this specific individual. Uh, and we will say uh, at this point, you are still, uh, you are appearing as Captain Sunder. Uh, and you see a very tired ghost and a, a Kronk who just always seems like he's in a good mood. 
and they are sort of like chatting uh like making uh idle side chatter to each other uh as they are trying to find their way uh to the acquisitions incorporated headquarters and you can see that fifthletip is still with them uh he has like latched on to Kronk with all of his tiny little homunculi might and is uh doing its best not to go anywhere Sunder's gonna see that like snap his fingers, point directly at them, and just start beelining towards them. Uh, Ghost has only ever seen his back, yes. Yep. Uh, I realize uh, I have a nineteen passive perception <laughs> now. It's not uh, trying to be stealthy. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Ghost is going to. She places her hands behind her back and. As you see her bring them back out, she has clawed gauntlets on that go up to her, uh, uh, over her forearms, and they're metal and intricate and really pretty, but really sharp. And she kind of takes a stance as she sees you coming at her. Like, aggressively? Like, like ready to attack if necessary, not like, I'm gonna get you, but like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like oh. her, her. For or her nose goes down and she kind of like is eyeing you. Does Kronk right. does Kronk see Sunder coming? Make Not a perception check. Uh I would also perception. like to say that in the Transguild Promenade there are a plethora of Azurius law mages and Boros yes, Legionnaires. I am I am aware. Okay. That's why I'm not attacking it. Uh twelve. Okay, yeah, you see uh you see Captain Sunder making their way. And uh you also see that there are that one of these Azurius Law Mages is currently like tapping one of the legionnaires and is making note of ghosts uh weapons out stance that they have and they seem like okay is some shit about to go down like they are they are they are on the ready for in case there are any crimes <laughs> Kronk leans in it's like it's hubris's dad his dad's sister that magic his Thunder. dad's sister is what i heard yep that's oh, hubris's aunt it's it, because your exhaustion. I won't yeah. re-say it. We're gonna yeah. let you roll with that. Um, oh my god! Uh, so she... beelines towards you and then like stops at like about an arm and also a hand's length away from you. So like if you took a swipe, he'd be just out of reach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he just kind of raises his hands and he's like, "Listen, you don't want to try and kill me like you did your husband, especially not in the Trans Guild Promenade. That's not going to end well for you." What did he tell you? And she's gonna put her gauntlets back. He told me a lot of things, but that's not important right now. Where is he? He went to the blood pit. Thank you. And Sunder turns around and starts beelining towards the blood Wait. pit. Wait. Stops. Do you know where I can find some place that she kind of catches back up to her? <sighs> And, and moves out of the promenade. <laughs> moves them both out of the promenade. If you try to touch him, he doesn't let you. Yeah, just, like, ushering, not, yeah. like, pushing. Kronk um, creates a wall so the crowd has to go around them. <laughs> he just does that automatically. Cool. Alright. I need... I need um, mental protection. You're from our plane, yes? 
Yes, but don't go spreading that around. Whatever. Look, I need... I need non-detection. And a way for things to not be in my mind anymore. Do you know of any place on this godforsaken plane that I can get that? Do I? Uh, Is that going to be an Ack Inc. thing? (laughs) You got yours uh, from Acquisitions Incorporated under a very special circumstance. Whether or not they will give them out to everyone who comes asking. He's going to reach up under his hat and pull down an eye patch um, and just kind of like disconnect it, uh, unscrew a lens from it and stick it in his pocket. He's going to hand it to her and say, attune to this. It'll protect you. What is it? It's an eye patch that, well, it it blocks outside influence. Nobody can communicate with you telepathically unless you want them to, and they won't be able to tell if you're lying. It'll protect you. Well, all right, then perfect, I guess. Mechanically, it's a knave's eye patch. Okay. Um... As Ghost, she's like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> um, this, uh, well, I typed in Ghost, that's not... <laughs> ghost eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> It'll also give you advantage on perception checks involving oh, sight. I have a lot of things for that. Um, Hell yeah. I'm removing uh, it from my inventory, so okay. you get to have it. Um, out of character, is this the best idea? Sure. In character, it's yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. All right, wonderful. Well then, I guess to the blood pit. Do you mind if we join you? If you must. (laughs) That wasn't actually a request. (laughs) She hops up on Kronk's back. Um... I think Sunder reaches up to Fippletip, um, and Fippletip runs up Sunder's arm and perches on his shoulder like a monkey. Oh, yeah. Uh, you riding too? He says to Sunder slash Virtue. What? No, don't be weird. Fizzle, are you sure you want to go to the blood pit? Just... Fifflefip does not. He doesn't like the sound of Blood Pit. Mm-hmm. He's been in Rakdos kind of reach- Town before. He doesn't like it. He reaches up and like scratches his head reassuringly. He's like, "Are you sure you're just going to get lost again?" And like Fifflefip's uh, little foot just starts going as you scratch <laughs> its side, um, and uh, then uh, they end up just like hugging the side of your face and then hat on yeah and then they are just like looking scared onward uh as you take them with you all right thunder walks speed walks as quickly as possible okay to go and make sure that fucking hubert doesn't get himself killed i will attune okay so as you are making your way towards rakdos area uh, you end up going through um, you end up going through a marketplace uh, that is 
well enough near the trans guild promenade uh it's very cramped there are a lot of individuals who are selling and buying their wares and after you get on the other side of the marketplace sunder you look on your shoulder and fithelthip has just been absorbed by the crowd he's <laughs> just in the middle of being like fithelthip you better stay close or else you're going to get lost and there is just like the after image of where Fifflethip yeah. was. Wait, wait, wait. Kronk have... ch right, checks his later. shoes. He checks the bottom <laughs> of his shoes. Oh, no. Thankfully, Fifflethip is not there. Ghost, with your 19, uh, you see that there are one of these large uh, pack, howler, uh, pack beasts that the Simic and the Selesnian use that uh, have. Uh, large torsos and then incredibly long necks with almost like a tapir like face at the top and it seems like fithelthip is like holding on oh. to the top of this almost brontosaurus style creature uh just holding on to reins that are near its head just kind of like shrieking and crying to itself as this beast moves itself through the city streets of ravnica well and then she keeps looking. It'll <laughs> be fine. Yep. He'll turn up eventually. I'm sure it'll be fine. There is a cuddle puddle going on next to me. With kittens? Good. Rocco just joined it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as your group makes their way uh, towards Rakdos Town, uh, that is when we are going to go back to Hubris. Uh, Hubris, you and Gideon have been ushered by uh, a variety, a swath of cultists uh, who are all, um, they're all pushing you uh, and maneuvering you. And eventually you find yourself at the top of what looks like a dark stone uh, staircase that just descends in a spiral-like formation that just goes deeper and deeper into the earth itself. And you can see that there are uh, these sconces that burn a deep red and then others that have almost like, um, it's almost like uh, they draw in light. There is just some sort of existing darkness that resides within these sconces that seems to pull in the light that the flames shed. And you can see that on the uh, that as the imagery plays across the wall of these embers that are partially getting drawn in, you can see what look like devilish figures that are more just dancing in the uh, that are dancing in the flickering light upon the walls. Don't like that. And Gideon is uh, just says, well, if you didn't like it, then why did you join me? I was going to be fine in there. I was trying to get you out. And look at where we both are. If you wanted to get me out, why did you agree to then coming down here? Turns to the people behind him. It was you, sort of not my choice. You were a dinosaur! What do you mean it wasn't your choice? You could have fucking eaten them! <laughs> Think this is my first time seeing something like this? No, you're 
fucking planeswalker, so no, you probably haven't seen this. This is the first time you've seen this. Ixalan, full of them. Cool, I don't know what that is. And it just shakes his head. Um, And the two of you are continuously being brought down this stairwell until eventually the stairwell opens up. Or at least the walls disappear, but the stairwell still continues to go down. And as you look out, you can see magma. There is a heat to this place that you were not expecting. And before you is what looks like a dark steel citadel uh, that just sort of rests in front of you. That is of the most strange make like it looks like it almost builds up into a mushroom styled shape uh in that it has a uh, a kind of bulbous top to it but then uh extends down into the base of the lava and you can like, see that there are actually uh there are magma falls it would be a waterfall if it wasn't or it would be a waterfall but instead is magma uh that just sort of seemed to be descending along the side of this ancient place so like a hell kremlin kind of yeah cool and as you as you and gideon are escorted down uh you are brought into what appears to be a throne room uh a throne room that is built for something impossibly large and you see that there is a that there are chains that seem to hang from the ceiling many of which are broken and have fallen you see that there are flayed creatures uh that you're pretty sure are dead but then one of them moves and you're fairly certain that they're still alive by some means uh gideon is just focused on on going in front uh of like just walking ahead and uh as they as you make your way deeper and you can see that the floor is more of like a checkered pattern between white uh or not white but between reds and blacks and there is something damp about the reds and also damp about the blacks but the reds is more of a blood and you're not exactly sure why the damp squares are or why the black squares are damp as well but you know what questions questions better left unasked at this point uh as we're walking i'm going to in a low voice update gideon gideon on what's happening like how he was contracted to come find you by jason ajani uh and gideon gives you a very brief look uh like a very brief once over uh and says did she find you yeah she did good and uh gideon does let uh at least some sort of sentimentality uh out towards having met your sister he seems to be accepting of it uh and then says there are a few others that we still need to we've been looking a long time not just for you 
and at that uh, you hear the sound of wings beating against hot air uh, and the sky above you even though you are in this underground cavern darkens and a massive visage ends up filling the darkness in front and shoots down towards the ground and with a squelching sound lands on several of the cultists and you see before you a creature that you can only truly describe as a demon and this demon has chains that wrap along the collarbone along the sides and come up from the bottom into a skull of some avian like creature there is a flame that is burning between a set of horns along their head that are that is rested above a set of impossibly red irises uh, and they extend their arms outward uh, and you see that there are um, it's like spiked chains wrap around uh, their wrists to almost be like arm guards and the figure says Welcome to Raximundi. And that is where we are going to go into a break for the evening. So I would like to say thank you to everybody who has decided to stop on by and join us for this wonderful romp through the city streets, Ravnica. We are going to try and be back in five to ten minutes, so don't go no place unless it is to grab a food, grab a drink, grab a friend, or possibly go to indooradventure.redbubble.com. Pick yourself up something nice. But we're going to try and be back shortly, so don't go no place. All right, everybody. See you soon! Hello, everybody, and welcome back! We have returned to Waterdeep War of the Spark. Hubris standing before you is a beast known as a demon. The demon known as Rakdos. Uh, arms wide, head aflame. And then uh, after they have introduced themselves in the only way that they possibly can, uh, there is cheering and, and shouts of joy, you're assuming it's joy, coming from the Rakdos cult members uh, that had escorted you down here. And Gideon uh, looks at you, Hubris, and then looks up towards Rakdos. Uh, and says, look, we've come a long way, and I'm just trying to ask you, no, 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 no. You don't get to do the asking when you're in Raxam Monday. That is my job. You are the askee. So I ask of you, what can you ask of me? And Gideon just... I put a hand on Gideon's shoulder. I fought gods. I fought gods, and and this this is the worst. This is quite reasonably the worst. And Rakdos says, No, 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 it's not the worst. The worst could be a lot of different things. We can send you down the long tunnel, but nobody wants to go down the long tunnel unless I ask you to go down the long tunnel. In which case, it's one of those I ask you to jump. You say, of course, my liege, and then you do right into magma. But that's besides the point. Now then, you there, young one, you turned into a thing. I haven't seen it before. What is it? It looks simic in nature. Perhaps a little bit of, of tip-tappery going on. Uh, what was that? 
It was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. A Tyrannosaurus Rex! Did you hear that, people? And the Rakdos cult members just start going wild in the back. I don't know what that means! But it was uh, impressive. Thank you, sir. What? Who looks behind them? Oh, you mean me. Would you rather, I, you know, formality, casual? How does the setting work? My dark lord and savior, Rakdos! With that inflection and that inflection alone, thank you. Well, I have to be quiet now because it's past ten, so can I call you boss? Boss works. And Gideon just says... It, like, looks at you. I don't want to call him boss. Do you want to call him our lo Dark Lord Rakdos? No, I just... Look. Rakdos, the Defiler. Oh, he knows my titles. Good, 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 good. And Rakdos is just, like, straightening a shirt that doesn't exist, but instead is, like, adjusting the chains that are attached to the skull in the center of their chest uh, to to have the perfect uh, to have the perfect set on it. I have come here for one reason, and that is- And that is, of course, to fight in my blood pits forever and ever. You're the most glorious champion fighter. Thank you. But no, the reason why I have come here is because we need your help. I'm sorry. And Rakdos leans down. You need what? We need your home. I couldn't hear you. And Rakdos puts a big, like, does the, like, WWE, who is it? Was that uh, Hulk Hogan or was that Macho Man who did the, like, no, it was Hulk. Uh, who did the, I can't hear you. I'm going to put my hand. Do you want me to do this? And Gideon just... You can see that he has a lot of pride, but he just can't bring himself to care enough about talking with this individual. Boss, listen. We need your help. Oh. And why is that? You need There's somebody maimed, possessed, killed. Brought into the carnival. I mean, if you're willing to house a big fuck-off dragon, sure. Torture him all you will. Oh. Why didn't you say it was torture? That's the best possible outcome here. Big fuck-all dragon? I don't know what that means. It, wait, are you, are you planning on giving me Niv-Mizzet? I no. hate him so much! No, do, do you know who Nico Bolas is? And there is just this, like steady look towards uh towards you and Gideon and Gideon's like like you can see that he stiffens a little bit when you say Nickel Bolas and uh Rakdo says who okay there's the one way I could spin this hey boss so this dragon is trying to put on a show grander than yours trying to Get into your territory. Well, no, that's impossible. No one could put on a show greater than the carnival. 
Isn't that right, faithful carnival goers? And the entire Rakdos group just begins to cheer and go, blood, 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 blood. Yes, blood, blood, blood. Ah, look, hear them. Do you hear it? Echoing right. through the streets. All times but, of day. But think about it this way. He thinks he can get rid of your carnival. What? Mm-hmm. No. I don't believe you. Preposterous. <sighs> Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely preposterous. And uh, as they say preposterous, their hand slams down uh, onto a uh, onto a stone edifice that is near you. And bits and pieces of this uh, magma kremlin, as you had described it, begin to fall from the roof and just land on Rakdos cultists behind you with a very satisfying squelching noise. Is that why the tiles are black? Anyway. You come into my house and threaten my carnival. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not threatening your carnival. I'm here to warn you that you have competition. And from what my... From what my friend Arturo has said... Your friends with Arturo? There seems to be, like, almost malice in his voice as he says this name. He's claimed I'm his baby's daddy, so... Take that as you will. And Rakdos looks at you, and Gideon, like, kind of eyes you a little bit. And are you? I don't think so, unless his touch impregnated me in some way. Mm. Anyway, that besides the point. Hmm. And Gideon says... If Nicol Bolas wins, no more carnival for anyone. And uh, then thinks about like bringing up the end of the other guilds as well, but he thinks better of it in this moment, knowing that Rakdos doesn't particularly like any of the other guilds very much. If there is no carnival, Then we'll just put on an encore. We'll have a second carnival, better than the first. Bloodier. There won't be a carnival because there won't be any people to produce the carnival. A people? You think I needed people for this? No. Hellspawn, demons, devils. Have them all here. <sighs> all right. You seem like a rather fancy lad. I like the way you're dressed. I like the cut of your jib. Do it again. What, turn into the- Yes, turn into the big thing. Could we have said that this walk was a short rest? Uh, It would not have been a short rest because you would have it... always been jostling. Cool. There would be no like actual restful state for this. You're gonna need to give me a bit. I kind of petered myself out doing the whole bang bang roar thing. And 
you see Gideon gets a gets a look on his face. There are gears that are turning in his head, and you see a a brief smirk appear on his stubbled face, and he says, "You can get one." I'm sorry. What? What? And Gideon then stands off to the side and puts his arms out. You can hit me once, as hard as you can. And if I get back up, you help us. And Rakdos looks at his infernal claws and like puts his hand between you uh, Hubris and Gideon and like scoots you a little bit out to the side well I like you you're good for money but if I killed you then I would get less money and that proves might difficult and Gideon says Prove me wrong, then. Do your best. Kill me. Punch me as hard as you possibly can. And I will get right back up. And Rakdos uh, then rears back and hand on his chin, and he just begins to contemplate. And he looks down towards you, Hubris. Should I do it? looks over to Gideon. How confident does Gideon look? Gideon looks like he is fully confident in his own abilities. You got any last words I can pass on? Uh, And Gideon like drops his head a little bit and smirks uh, and says just don't let me go in the don't let me go in the magma. That one's a little bit more difficult. And Rakdos says, Okay! Uh, and stomps with a very, uh, with one of his incredibly large feet onto the ground. And we would show you what this looked like, but Twitch TOS, no feet, sorry. Uh, and a large pillar. Uh, picks up underneath uh, Gideon and raises him up into the air uh, so he's above ground and Rakdos squats down and then shoots up through the hole in the roof of the building and is going to fly for a while and then is going to align himself with Gideon for a flying fist uh, as best he possibly can. So, Hubris, as you are getting ready to watch Gideon Jura tank a direct hit from this impossibly large demon, that is where we are going to go back to the other group. It also gives me time to, you know, soothe my throat after doing that voice. So... As your group uh, is making their way towards the Rakdos uh, blood pits, 
Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, you make your way, uh, and the city begins to darken around you. The sky seems to all uh, seems to be shifting. It's not necessarily uh, actually at this point. It would be getting closer to nighttime. And you see that as you are approaching this area of town, that virtue you know belongs to uh, belongs to the Rakdos Carnarium, the cult of Rakdos. Uh, you notice that people are shutting their doors much quicker as night falls. Uh, it seems like anyone who lives even moderately close to the cult of Rakdos area does not like being out at night during uh, in this general area. And whereas Hubris, you had seen that there were people sort of interspersed uh, in between moving around and it was still manageable. It looks like there is a hellish Mardi Gras that is occurring here this very evening. There are masks, there are beads, there is blood, there is leather, and there are chains. Uh, and there are floats, all sorts of, uh, as the Rakdos would consider them, wonderful things, as everyone else would consider them not so wonderful things. Uh, so, Kronk, you and Ghost, uh, this is your first time seeing the uh, seeing the cult up close and being in their area. You can see that the buildings themselves are this weird, like, dingy brown color or otherwise a dark red and all of the all of the buildings seem like they have some modicum of fresh paint on them but as you get close and ghost with your uh with your improved senses this is blood this is all blood everything here is that uh that viscous liquid uh, and as you are uh, making your way in, you are also greeted by a small set of masked individuals uh, whose heads are kind of like creaking at uh, odd intervals as they look up towards you and they go, candy, 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 as they put their bags out. Trick or treat, 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 trick, treat, treat, trick or treat, 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 trick. Ghost goes in her bag and pulls out candy. Nope, nope, you don't want to do that. Why? <laughs> Just puts a hand over her candy. We choose neither. Now move along. And they just sort of like grumble at you, uh, Virtue, and then they begin shifting off away from the group. <laughs> Grumbles back. Grr to you too. Why don't you want to give children candy? Those aren't children, and it's not as good as it sounds. Let's keep moving. Hmm. That's weird. Huh. And, uh, Ghost, as you watch these children move away, uh, you can see the back of their heads from where these masks were, as they weren't, like, full-on masks that covered mm -hmm. the face. But they have wide heads that have these dark red scales along them with with pitch black spines that seem to actually grow out of the base of them and you see little red tails actually kind of swivel underneath their cloaks uh your blood hunter senses would definitely be a tangling meeting uh having interacted with these uh little trick-or-treaters they're devils hmm fascinating 
Are there demons and devils or just devils? Uh, Virtue, you would know that there is an intermingling here. Uh, there is not one, like, in the Forgotten Realms, devils and demons are very distinct. They have their own, like, they have their own paths. One is more lawful, the other is more chaotic. The demons and devils here seem like their real distinction is in their forms. So a demon is going to be uh, still wilder, a little bit more feral, but a devil is more of like a prim and proper uh, demon if there was one. This is one of the first places I tried to settle down when I first got here. As you can see, it's not the best place, so that wasn't for very long. But um, as far as I could tell, it doesn't seem to matter as much here, the distinction. Um, Hubris told me about his time at the carnival, right? The... the... Not this carnival, okay, his carnival. Okay, cool, yes. Uh, at his carnival, yes, he would have. And this this person was good to him, if I recall. Yeah. Okay. Was uh, his figure. foster father. I know. Okay. Kronk also grew up in the same situation. His foster father was an asshole, so he's also dead. <laughs> the biological father of Hubris's sister. Yeah. So uh, Ghost is going to um, say to him, um, I, I just want to say thank you for what you did for hubris growing up i'm sure that he has told you but he means a lot to me and the fact that you took him in and can i tell that she thinks that i'm actually his dad make an insight check <laughs> nine i'm wearing the eye patch I, it, 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 a little, a little, by a magical means, it prevents you from knowing whether or not they're lying. It protects you from magic. It doesn't protect you from, like, just fucking looking at you. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, ghost is not lying, but I can... I will roll a persuasion. But, I mean, I, can, I, can I tell that she thinks 14. that I'm actually his dad? Is, oh. Is the question. With and a with nine? A, I'm guessing probably not. DM. I don't think a nine would be strong enough on that one. Cool. Um, what exactly do you mean by that? I mean, when he and his sister came to your carnival, they were quite small and in need, yes? Small look of relief knowing that she doesn't know that she, who she really <laughs> is. I'm, I, I'm not actually, I just look like this. I'm sorry? It's, it's complicated, I'll explain later, okay? So are you not who you say you are? I'm not who I look like. She looks I'm Captain like Sunder. Oh. Do you understand? So you're just appearing as, I, I, do I need to understand? So when, I know that you've got the magic protection thing at this point, right? Yes. Okay. She's not so, attuned to it yet, though. Uh, what did it take us to get here? Would she be attuned to it yet? Uh, I've just been riding on Kronk's back. Yeah. 
Alright, then once Kronk knows that, he'd be like, No, it, that's that's the sister. It just looks like the dad. Just entire hands over his face. Just, 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 just. <laughs> way up here. Yeah. <laughs> and as you are as you are doing this, uh you hear a uh <gasps> Oh my Rectos! Is it you? Is it really you? Uh, and, uh, Virtue, you turn around and you see a figure you've never met before uh, that the audience at this point would recognize as Arturo! Oh, no. Okay. So, Sunder has got, like, his face on Krunk's... Or, God. His uh, hands on Krunk's face and just turns around, like... <laughs> and they say, Oh, I... They had told me you've been dead for years. Have you been hiding? Did you go Azurius on us? Hopefully not. That sounds like an awfully dangerous, precarious situation to be in. You know, the troop hasn't been the same since you left. Apologies. Who are you? I have no idea who you are. That is no way to treat an old friend. I literally have no idea who you are, and now Your I'm walking away. Your name is Sunder. Stops. My How name's Arturo. Know? Did you get hit on the head awfully hard? I know that our act used to be a little bit more physical comedy based, but... How are you doing? Who are these fine folk? Do you... Are you... Are you trooping behind my back? Is that what's going on here? How quickly can you two run? Ghost looks at Kronk. Uh, uh, uh. What? <laughs> Kronk slowly. <laughs> you see, he picks up his his ball and chain. And I'm sorry. Ooh. Arturo. Yes. Yes. The Arturo. <gasps> you know. They know Sunder me. Takes that opportunity they really to hide know me. Ghost. <laughs> Well, and she's just gonna like step down off Kronk's shoulders. Oh, well, I have heard just so many things about you. And, uh, you know, I'm so. I've heard you have an act, yes? Yes, and, I do. And... I'm a juggler. My goodness. Of course. I'm sorry. I must have slipped my mind. Do you have your juggling things here? I could catch them. You could catch them. Yes. What do you juggle? A true magician never reveals their secrets. It's mostly rats. And he gives you a wink. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go find some rats, well, I would love to see this show. Sunder, your new troop is positively delightful oh so pleasant no for, for first of all how do you know my name what? how do you know me we were part of the circuit to slay together how, how long ago obviously obviously do you really I, not remember yes I yes was exactly i completely lost my memory indeed tell me everything you know i was but a young lad oh god a young <laughs> Juggalier, as it were. 
together? Well, you appeared one day. You said that you were running from the police, whatever that means. It sounded like some sort of Azurius plot if I had ever heard one. The perfect setup for just the most wonderful plays. Then... I ended up getting recruited with you, and then we ended up going. We found Lizolda. She's a blood witch now. It's actually fantastic. Perfect PR. But, well, things ended up going a little out of hand, and old Rakdos himself didn't exactly approve of our troop, so we ended up splitting. But you and I, we had the most wonderful doubles performance together. Sometimes, well, things would go a little haywire. Things would go I'm sure wild. that was great, but where did I go? Yes, what happened, please? Oh. Well, we were... Running away from the Azurias, as one does, and we were in the sewers. Then you said that we should split up and that you would meet me back here. In the sewers? Yes. The sewers under the main city? Yes. We How were near the Golgari we territory, so honestly, I just sort of expected that you got eaten, but all things considered, seeing you here, now you don't look a day... Did you? Are you younger? Are you younger than you used to be? Your skin How looks long ago great. Was this? this was about uh, fourteen years ago or so. I was but a young child. Right, right. You know, you Sander, know I have my own troop again. It's quite lovely, actually. I, as well as the pit champion, have found ourselves in love. He bears my child. <laughs> And you can hear that there is a jingling on uh, from his costume. Uh, this pit champion, uh, is he a human looking? Well, it was the most wild thing. There was a human man who right. came up in all of this regal get up, who had a shield along one arm and the most enjoyable looking whips along his arm. Let me mm. tell you. All about them after this. Now. What? <laughs> Sunder. Sunder. I do know. You, you know. Uh, yes. Is he the one you're engaged to? Married? What? No. No. I would never let myself get tied down. Unless it was willing. But that's besides the point, madam. Now, as it were... I was simply minding my own business when I saw the most marvelous looking man that I had ever seen grace my presence. I was leaving after having lost quite a bit of money from the blood pit the first time because we were gambling and all of that sort of thing. But then, standing like an angel, well, not like an angel, more like a devil, the most beautiful creature I'd ever laid my eyes upon outside of... Your presence, of course, Captain. <laughs> White as snow. Horn, about a half of one. It looked like he had gotten into a little bit of a scuffle. A big fuck-all thing upon his back. Looked like some sort of easy-to-firing contraption. Mm. But he agreed that we were going to be best pals, troop mates forever and ever, and also agreed that he was going to have my mama. And he, like, 
puts a hand on Kronk's abs. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Are you looking for a new troop? It's I it's like a uh, a switch is flipped and Sunder starts putting on the charm, uh, and he, he reaches <laughs> right in. He puts right an arm. He, he does puts an that. arm around Arturo, um, and he says, "Arturo, we're getting the gang back together. <gasps> now tell me where you met these men." <laughs> and then Ghost, you said that you had something you wanted to do. No, I was just gonna say right before, like, let. At the same time, uh, Ghost, like, Kronk and see Ghost go into, I'm going to flirt with this guy mode. And then she steps in and she's like, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Where did I see witch men? Where are they Angelescent devil man himself? Oh, yes. Tell me more about this handsome one-horned devil. He was, and he does, like, a series of cartwheels and tumbles, standing right here and he like goes into a 10 point landing pose and, and then i was him? and he does a few somersaults right over here recouping my losses he seemed like he was getting visited by the trick-or-treaters that we have roaming around here aren't they just the cutest mm. but Adorable. i saw him as things would have it he joined my troop who would have thought but then we decided to go to the blood pit. That's all he wanted to do. That's all he would talk about. But he promised that he would put on a wonderful show after we went there. But uh, so, so really, you know, incredible plans. Right. Super. I'm doing so well off. Without. Where is he now, Arturo? Well, and you promise we are going to be getting the band back back together, Captain. You look like a captain in all this. I don't know why I want to keep calling you captain, but you just have this captainly vibe. It's the cloak, it's the coat. It's so Alas, cool. I've been living a double life. <gasps> oh, it's so picturesque and full of drama. I love it. I love it so. Have the angel, me. Arturo. Where is the angel? Oh, he was dragged down into Raximundi. Which... And where might that be? Sunder turns around and looks at Ghost, just like. Ah. <laughs> she gives her a okay. There's this look that females give each other in the club. That's like, you want me to handle this? <laughs> if you're being bothered by a dude, Virtue just like immediately like back into the back into mm -hmm. character. Turns around, take us there now, Orturo. And you promise promise will you know be real uh, after Cross razzle he says and he's got his fingers crossed behind him very clearly towards ghost <laughs> and arturo uh says don't worry sunder i'm sure you'll remember the way once we're halfway there you always did you always this one, and then like motions towards uh, Sunder to you, uh, Ghost and Kronk. A real card, this one. A <laughs> real card. Yeah. And then it turns, uh, turns on a jovial heel and just begins to like tumble their way forward. It's like they don't know how to walk. They only know how to cartwheel and flip <laughs> and somersault. There is no walking involved. Uh, Ghost will cozy up next to a virtue. 
Does this mean that you're the person that you look like? I or... am not, I assure you. No, no, I'm saying, does this mean that he was here 14 years ago? That seems to be the case, yes. If he was in the sewers, then the... Demir could have gotten him. That's how they could know about you. And Hubris. Hubris has a few things to answer for. By the way, I like your swagger. Uh, Sunder looks very seriously at you for a moment and then like tur like does a little twirl and like the persona is back on again and says thank you and then like walks backwards a little bit finger gunning and then follows Arturo. Up like Kronk rolls eyes. <laughs> Freaking carnival people. <laughs> and Kronk the whole time was like palming the, the slave ball and, <laughs> and he's like well, I thought maybe, you know, when they get bonked on the head and they forget things, you bonk them again and they remember. No, no, uh, no. That's, that's not actually what happened. Hmm. All right. So, Hubris didn't go to the blood pit. He went to this Carnivus Cabo Saba. No, whatever. it sounds like he went to the blood pit. And Ta now he is going to the Cabo Tapi. Hmm. Well, can we go back to the blood pit after? It, yes, we can, Kronk. We can, if you're very good. All right. Let's do this. Up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Ghost, from your vantage point, uh, as you are walking towards uh, Rexamundi, uh, that there, you can see people just getting taken from the street. Like, it's like a carnival goer goes a little bit too close to a dark alleyway and a series of hands comes out, just grabs them, pulls them back in. There's a squelching sound as metal hits against flesh and blood splurts out. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> I like this place. Mm, me too. Kronk, people are just fighting. I know, it's awesome. But like, I don't it's like too. a celebratory battle fight. <laughs> Mm -hmm. There's a and lot Kronk of uh, there's a lot of capoeira happening around here as well, which is like people like doing like leg fighting with each other. But like in the same way that Hubris used to have a dagger in his boot, these people also keep daggers on their legs and feeties and are just fucking mangling each other. But it seems like that is the purpose of this celebration. Yeah, and Kronk is just trying to keep it together because he just wants in. <laughs> he's, he's like, I'd slaughter all of them, you know, but he's like, mm hmm. <laughs> exactly. Ghost is petting his head. <laughs> okay. And you all are end up uh, going to what looks like a, what looks like a small red tent like a carnival tent of sorts um and you can see that it has these black stripes along the sides uh and there are large arrows that seem to be pointing uh to the entryway of this tent um and it says uh tickets straight to the depths and arturo 
pulls open the uh, pulls open one of the curtains for this tent, and you can see that it is just a descending staircase uh, that looks like it spirals at a certain point in your field of vision. And as you all begin to walk down it, as Arturo claims that this will lead you all to Raximundi. Uh, that upon the walls, just as Hubris had seen making uh, his descent, that it looks like there are dancing demons and devils along the walls here, but it's like just the after images, just embers and flames playing tricks on your eyes, but it's almost like there is a purpose for these tricks. And you travel down what must be... 20, 30 minutes or so of just descending down. And at this point, uh, Arturo has actually found uh, his juggling apparati. Uh, and you can see that they are small shrieking creatures that he is just tossing up and down in joyous celebration. And every time he turns to like sh do the show to go, she's like, <gasps> and then he turns away and she just goes, <laughs> <laughs> or she lets her face fall back to neutral. They're abyssal chickens. Yeah. Oh, God, no. <laughs> They're squawking. It's horrible. Uh, and eventually, uh, at one point, Arturo will throw all of them up and with a big flourish, spit fire out of his mouth. And he didn't, like, put oil, like, he, he didn't practice or do anything special. It looks like he has this innate ability to just breathe fire. Uh, as part of his carnival, uh, as part of his carnival gear, uh, and he incinerates the things that he was actually juggling, and like claps his hands, wipes his lips a little bit, that you can see are just like they got a little burnt, they got a little chapped uh, going into this, but he seems not to care one way or the other about this. But eventually, your group descends downward, and you can see now that the walls have disappeared, and you are standing above. This vast field of magma, deep, deep down within, uh, beneath the streets of Ravnica. Ghost, you remember having descended down previously for the Demir, and you know that there is an underwater, uh, that there is an ocean that exists beneath the city. You don't know how far down you've gone to reach magma. But as your group is coming towards the door of uh of this dark steel magma kremlin you see a gargantuan form rocket out of the roof cackling the loudest most disruptive cackle that you possibly can and you see that there is a crowd of of these rakdos cultists that are just calling for blood uh, here as what looks like a group of at least 75 people block you from actually entering into the uh, entering into the dark Kremlin. Uh, at this point, Ghost, with your 19 passive perception, you see Hubris is standing inside of this building and they are looking up and you see that there is a pillar that has been risen up out of the ground with a figure wearing very nice, uh, almost regal-looking plated armor. 
They have a shield on one hand. They have uh, a, a loose gauntlet on the other. It seems like their whips actually retract when they aren't in combat. Uh, mm. Long brown hair, uh, square jaw, kind of a grizzled face. Arms outstretched, just looking up towards the sky. Cronk wedge, please. Mm. And I point his head towards where Hubris is. Okay. We'll take care of them. <laughs> Just shove your way through. Uh-huh. Yep. We're headed to, uh, to Hubris. Start sprinting towards him. Like, this isn't good. Hubris, Rakdos flew up about mm, a minute and a half ago. Oh, God. You can't. Re you can only hear his cackle now, and Gideon has this look on his face, just like, mm, "Was this really the right choice?" Mm. But like, has like, belays that for just a moment, and then kind of like shakes their head and like, "No, this is this is the best choice. This is the most positive outcome." Are you sure about this? <sighs> no. But it's better than any other plan we had. Oh, do, I know, do I know Gideon? Do I know whether or not he could take this? Virtue, you do know Gideon. Uh, Gideon is actually one of the planeswalkers that didn't think that it was worth the other's time to train you. Uh, in this whole thing. As far as Gideon's abilities... Gideon, if anything, is good for one thing and one thing only, and that is taking a punch. Okay, then. <laughs> you dug this grave, it's time to lay in it. Yep. Uh, if anything, like, Hubris looks nervous, <clears throat> Gideon is like, uh, this'll be fine, and Ghost, you see Hubris, who... Looks a little, a little messed up from his fight in the blood pit, but then you see this other human just, like, arms out. Uh, but Sunder, your adventuring companion, doesn't seem like, oh yeah, this is gonna, this'll be fine. This'll work out just great. Uh, it's a blood sacrifice. To, to, sorry, to, to, uh, Arturo. And Arturo, uh, looks up. I don't know. And honestly, that is the best possible outcome that we could have here. That was the first champion. And then there, the angel himself and Arturo tumbler, tumbles over to where you are, Hubris. And you heard his voice before you felt arms wrap around your neck as a big kiss is planted on your cheek. <sighs> How's my baby like starts, daddy doing? And he starts rubbing your tummy. Starts pushing Arturo backwards in his head. He's trying to mentally calculate which path Gideon might fly and get ready. Okay. And yeah, Ghost, you see that Arturo is just very handsy with hubris. Kronk feels Ghost tense up. <laughs> All right, so uh, that is when you hear a laugh that pierces uh, what heavens you can possibly see above you. It is a dry, 
raspid laugh that is full of a sickening joy. And that laugh is followed by a boom. Uh, for those of us at home, this is the sound of a sound barrier breaking uh, as a creature rockets through the air, uh, one fist extended outward, and Kronk, you're so jealous of Gideon right now. <laughs> like, it's, you can't even help it. You see a gargantuan-sized, humanoid-adjacent demon rocketing through the air with one fist outstretched, blazing, like air just petering off to the side at the speed at which with Rakdos comes. And there is a moment where you see Rakdos's face with the most wicked smile outstretched in pure glee. And that is when you see the fist connect with Gideon. And the fist itself is Gideon-sized. Like, again, <laughs> gargantuan creature. This is gonna be good. And there is a, another thunderous sound as the impact happens, and you see that Gideon had actually braced their feet, but is just sent sprawling. And Rakdos continues as Gideon is, like, almost wrapped around Rakdos's fist. And breaks through the side of this building through what looks like impossibly thick metal cronk with your masonry abilities there was no point of structural weakness in this entire <laughs> building for anyone but Rakdos <laughs> and there is a loop that is made outside of the building as then Rakdos is going to do a, uh, it's almost like a haymaker strike, but just keeping Gideon centered on his fist, coming back down through the opening of the roof, and then just slams him down onto the actual floor itself, and goes, I win! One hit! Rakdos wins! And there is a crater that is made in the floor. And in the center of this crater, you can see a humanoid form wearing almost regal-looking armor. And as you look down, there are no cuts on Gideon's face. There are no marrings upon his armor. There does not seem to be any damage that has actually been done onto Gideon. And you see a hand stretch, grab the side, pull self up, and you see like rubble is coming off of the sides of Gideon as Rakdos is cheering. Just, uh, yeah, that was a pretty good one. Rakdos, what? What did you say to me? And just like flames in gorge off the top of Rakdos's head. These wings extend out to fill the entire area that you are in, just covering the back sky. Ghost, this is a little scary. Mm -hmm. 
you can tell uh this boy a big super demon uh super demon scented mm -hmm. uh and is pissed and gideon stands up i was your one uh, everybody gets one and is just dusting the rubble off of himself make an insight check um okay uh ghost gets down off cronk and then kind of like stands half in front of hubris as this happens but i will make my insight check that's a natural 20 <laughs> plus nine Woo! this motherfucker isn't even weathered he's putting on a show are these goths He's a planeswalker, darling. I think well. that means. I think that means yes. Hmm. Why aren't you dead? And Gideon just looks up. Oh, I would have been. Uh, uh, you were very close. Almost had me there. But a deal's a deal, right? What? How? No! This is horseshit! You were supposed to die! It was supposed to be- You! And he points over towards, uh, like, the- He points over, over towards the group of cultists. You come here! And one of the, like, they all part and one cultist <laughs> is just standing there like, No! No! Get over here! And just, uh, eventually the cultist just, like, tumbles sadly over <laughs> towards where Rakdos is and Rakdos just god damn it and just like uses this figure as a stress ball and just punches into the ground as Kronk there's toothpaste he just juiced a guy <laughs> and then he just throws the, the remnants of whatever cultist was there and you see Arturo just has this big sad face. He's like, why does he never pick me? <laughs> yeah. You cheated. And Gideon says, why would I cheat when I'm asking for your help? If you found out I cheated, you would be less inclined to believe me. I'm just trying to find out where she is. And Rakdos says, who? Who in your right mind could you be looking for that you would go through all of this trouble and survive my furious fist? And Gideon takes a deep sigh and says, Liliana, where is she? And Rakdos looks down at what? That what? That's it. And Gideon says, that's a start, but maybe you can have a second punch if you're feeling up to it. And Rakdos goes, no, you're no fun to hit. This sucks. Uh, and uh, Gideon says, my friends and I 
are looking for her. If you can help us find her, we can save the carnival. We can make sure that a thousand carnivals continue on. I don't want a thousand carnivals. I want mine. I want my cool carnival with all the blood and stuff. And you are just like, the rest of you are just watching this like 25, 30 foot tall demon just get like really flustered and kind of like, mm, no, bleh. like he doesn't seem, he's, he's almost like a child. A chai child. Reminds me of Kronk. <laughs> Kronk gets an ass slap. Hey. Arturo is visibly jealous. It's my baby. That's my baby. Daddy! <laughs> and Shut. then <clears throat> Racta says, Fine! I'll put the word out and find her for you. <laughs> Cheater. What, what are you doing here? What are the rest of you? I don't remember letting any of you into a troop or a carnival circus. Except you. Angel face. And he like points towards Hubris. <laughs> and Arturo just goes, I know, he's so handsome. Oh, will you just shut up? You are the absolute worst. Who let you in here? And then Rakdos looks down at the at the other three. Did you bring him here? He knows he can't come indoors. He is an outside cultist only. <laughs> I've never seen this man in my life. Uh, we were going to be... Sunder! Sunder, tell them we, we were doing a troop. I'm going to pull my hat down and cast uh, Disguise Self. And when my uh, hat comes back up, I'm a completely different person. I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. And Kronk will say to Arturo, he's like, well, this might be your chance. Volunteer to be squished or something. And Arturo is just like, I left them here. They said we were going to do troop things together. Arturo, you know that you are the absolute worst cultist I have ever had the displeasure of hosting. Go. Get. I don't love you anymore. Now scram! <laughs> Just like, <laughs> makes like the shooing motion and Arturo looks so visibly pained at Rakdos no. telling him that he doesn't love him anymore. I'm gonna oh, go, God. I'm gonna go peel Gideon off the floor. Yeah, Gideon, uh... He accepts your help, and then when he looks at you, just, like, gives you, he gives you a look, and he's just, <clears throat> friend? Um, I, the face that, this new face is going to speak with Virtue's voice and say, um, well, I'm afraid you're just going to have to accept my help on this one. And Gideon, he, he coughs. It almost sounds like he has, like, rubble in his lung uh with the with the harshness of his cough but he just shakes his head and he has a big smile on his face there uh, there don't be such a damn queen and uh. he says in his defense he did actually hit real fucking hard 
and Arturo is just like holding hands to his face, crying. His Harlequin <clears throat> makeup that he has on his face is just bleeding in a really unpleasing manner, and he's just like running with a proverbial tail between his legs out of the out of the mausoleum, or not the mausoleum, out of this uh, dark steel mosque. No, not mosque. Kremlin. Kremlin. That one. The K word. The Russian one. The Russian, the Russian one. one. Um. Yes. So is that all we came here for? And Gideon stands up and says, and Rakdos is just like, fine. I'll help. I'll I'll do the thing that's beneficial for the both of us. Oh, boss. Boss. Do you want me to make you feel a little better? No, just your presence here is perfectly fine, Angel Face. Oh, I was going to say, ever play Find the Queen? Do it again. <sighs> and from his <clears throat> ring of spell storing, he's going to cast Polymorph in the same way, falling backwards into these spectral cards. They shuffle and out steps a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, it's so big and mighty! Look at him! I'm going to call you Chumpy. And like, Rakdos is just like. <sighs> patting the top of your head. How long can you stay like this? Forever? I hope so, because that's how long I want you to be this way. (laughs) (laughs) His head is so big, and his arms are so tiny! (laughs) Show off. I do like it too. We should be going, yes? Gideon nods, uh, and uh looks up at uh, Rakdos, who is still, like, coddling the large Tyrannosaurus uh, hubris, and just says, you know where our camp is? And Rakdos is like, yes, 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 I know, find Liliana, uh, help when you ask, whatever. Can you find me more of these things? And Gideon says, Well, a thunder I? beast yes where can i get more it's like i i know someone who can provide them for you it's going to take a lot to bring them here but before then yes yes i know that the h word and uh gideon nods and then uh with that uh with sunder uh sunder with your help uh he turns and then begins steadily making his way uh out of Raximundi. um at the tail end of it as he watches his sister and gideon walk t-rex hubris <laughs> how many uh, cultists can you fit in your mouth <laughs> he holds up like what both claws. that mouth do uh, he licks Rakdos on the face and then swips back into his hubris form and kind of does a skip hop towards the rest of the group. No, but like, really, how many? Like 10? 12? He uh, turns around, that mouth do a lot. He holds yes. up his thumb and his pinky to his ear and winks at Rakdos. 
Good seeing you, Angel Face! And your group... So you've been busy? <laughs> your group <sighs> as a whole is reunited with Gideon. And you begin making your way out of Raximundi. And as soon as you are out of visibility of Rakdos, Gideon stops his act of pretending like he was hurt and just, I had it. It was fine. <laughs> I was, like, helping him out. And then as soon as he, like, you know, is like just drops the facade, I'm going to shove him. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, have... I could say the same to you. Oh. Hi. We've already we met. No, to... I'm Ghost, by the way, she says, offering her hand to Gideon. <laughs> and Gideon uh, just looks you up and down. Gideon. He doesn't take your hand. Mm. It's a pleasure. That was quite the hit you took. Very impressive. Just shrugs. Like, literally, this is no big deal to him. Mm. And then uh, he just says uh come on we have work to do and he like takes a few steps uh ahead of your group and is going to be leading you up um <coughs> up the stairwells so if there's any side conversations that you guys would like to to have amongst yourselves he won't necessarily be like directly there listening in mm -hmm. so i take it you found a way to block out the for now mm. if there even is anything in my mind I don't know. Safe than sorry, right? Mm. Baby daddy. Listen, he forced himself on me. Ghost Claim does not look amused. To be my ba his baby's daddy. There was nothing between us. Mm. Seem to get cozy very quickly, don't we? Well, he is angel face. Well, if you've taught me anything, face. Ghost, it's that you've got to use people to get what you want, so. Well, at least you listened. Always. Well, that one time. Except for that one time. <clears throat> Hubris will drop back to virtue. <laughs> Dead pop shot himself. Yeah. So, if that's the case, then why is it the moment that I walk into the blood carnival looking like this, somebody comes up to me saying that they recognize me? What? What happened to Pops, Hubris? We... I was cleaning out the mirror maze, and I heard someone coming it was pops he said that there was somebody onto him turned to me told me to keep this safe and he motions to the rifle on his back it used to be a lot smaller and then he shot himself and then disappeared right in front of me
Then why was he here? How long ago was he here? Maybe it was before all that? Arturo was but a boy. Fourteen years. <clears throat> Would that line up? <laughs> yeah. Because that was the last time that Arturo <clears throat> saw him was 14 years ago. Was it also when he kind of... Uh, that for you guys, because of the time jump that we had, would have been like 18, 19 years ago. So it seems like Pops it's lived here the... for about five years, at least. I don't know. Five years before he killed himself or five years after? After, after. he killed himself. All right. We use heavy air quotes because just like how you guys killed Manchun, he also found his way to Ravnica. This... I can make the correlation. Top shot himself, he ended up here. Manchun killed with my weapon. And then he comes back and then we're brought here. Make an Arcana check. Ooh. 18 plus 19. Yeah. That's a that is a correlation that you'd be able to uh to garner uh, to garter. You know that there are some we some weapons uh in the hells, for example, where if you are slain with them, as we found out last night, you just go directly to the river Styx. Uh, maybe your weapon has a similar property, but it sends people here. It sends them to Ravnica. He pulls out the long rifle and looks it over. Well, this could have been one way to get to Ravnica. The long rifle feels happy. That's not good. He looks up. Sorry, Wings. Worst disguise. What? I picked the worst disguise. Apparently so. My gun feels happy and not in the horny way. I don't want... <laughs> no. I don't want to hear about that. No, like emotional joy. It's never done this before. Well, at least someone's happy. I don't get to see the blood pit. <laughs> look down at it, look back up. Is there anything else different with it besides the emotional feel? You get in a sense of emotion out of it. And what color was your rifle before? Uh, it was like the standard silver sheen and then woodstock, like mahogany woodstock it is a vibrant red color as far as the wooden stock is going uh and the silvered sheen that was along the barrel has been replaced with the same dark metal that had made up raximundi it ex it exudes the colors of rakdos here he turns on his heel and starts heading back to Reximundi. Hubris, we have a bigger problem. There's something I didn't tell you. 
Snatch. <laughs> what? The big dragon thing. I think yeah. it has the Stone of Galore. He starts patting himself. When did I... Did you bring it here? Yes, I brought it here. Ghost? Has Hubris kept his possession of the Stone of Galore a secret from you? I don't know. Has he? Because I know that... He's never said he's gotten rid of it. (laughs) Well, you said I recognized it, right? Yeah. You had recognized yeah. it from your adventures previously, whether or yeah. not you knew why it was here. Yeah. Which means you still had it. At some point, yes. I don't know where it's... No, I mean this whole time. Yes, The I stone that will drive you insane. Ghost. I had no allies. Everywhere I went, I thought there might have been enemies, so I took what I could. Well, now he has it. Fuck. What? A crazy rock makes you go insane. It's a crazy rock that makes you go insane, but also reveals to you secrets unheard of. Like what kind of secrets? Possibly what your identity is. And where you are. Where any of the planeswalkers are. And at that, Gideon stops. And then turns to look at the rest of you and says, and he has this thing. If my memory can be trusted. And there's less time than we thought. Indeed. I guess I'll put a pin on this then. We'll come back if we can. Sunder's just staring off into the distance the way he was before. Um, And then he just kind of blinks and comes out of it. Um, And he's going to reach up and take the hat off and put it down over his chest. Um, And as he pulls the hat down, um, he reveals Virtue's face underneath. And she just kind of looks forward and she says, there's nowhere left to run. Good. I like that time, because that's usually when we start fighting. Are we ready for that right this second? Probably not. But it's going to come anyway. You. And he he has the most, like, difficult time telling Kronk this. You won't be fighting Bolas. The others can explain it better, but we, one of our own, 
helped Volos. We're stuck here. Does that mean Volos is as well? He is, but he has a means of turning off his own prison. And Gideon says, um, the others can explain it better. I, I need to think about things. And he just has like this very confuddled look on his face after the information that you have told him about this. And we are going to then move from you guys rising up from the uh, underside of the city. Yes, Ghost? A ghost will just greet Virtue as a face-to-face -face greeting and then tell her, perhaps the disguise is still necessary, just in case he can't see that far yet. will just kind of nod and put the hat back on mm -hmm. but it's clear in her face that she doesn't feel like it's going to protect her anymore she'll nod hubris up to his sister hubris puts a hand on Sunder's shoulder it'll be alright And uh, at that point, you guys end up finding your way back to uh, Gideon is, is very confident in going to the Acquisitions Incorporated airship, uh, greener pastures. And a lot of you take the next set of days traveling back towards the camp. Uh, and when you arrive at the camp of the Gate Watch once again, this time there is uh, things have already been going underway, and it looks like uh, as you arrive, Gideon uh, Gideon goes and and lets the others know uh, about the situation as a whole, and. Ajani is enraged and does his best to remain calm. It seems like uh, there is a part of him that wants to well up and be ferocious in this time, but he holds back and says, How can we trust the snake in the grass? And at that, Jace just sort of like gives a very sharp glare towards uh towards Ajani and uh says that um she's the only one we can trust right now and uh Gideon uh and this is after Gideon has let them all know about what his suspicions are and how uh and what he's confirmed through his own travels and the lot of you realize that there is a artifact here 
there is a powerful artifact that has made its way to Ravnica that is preventing these other planeswalkers from leaving after they've arrived. And the name of that artifact is the Immortal Sun. And that is where we are going to call it for tonight's session. So I would like to say thank you to everybody who decided to stop by and join us for this wonderful excursion through the city streets of Ravnica. It has been a most wonderful time and I, god damn, I'm happy I have a day off tomorrow so I can recuperate from uh, from voicing Rakdos because hooey uh, needed, needed some nice ice water for that uh for that journey but uh speaking of fun journeys hey angel face where can we find you what do you do <clears throat> hey there boss you can find me at all justice toy 2 at twitter and twitch i right. hate you <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry i thought i was muted <laughs> <laughs> um, i tweet about the nerdy things in my life um you can catch me here on mondays as caleb the shatter kai cleric wizard uh, of course, Tuesdays here is Hubris, and and uh, and on every other Sunday, you can catch myself over at G Game Nights with the lowly Obi Hackamuk, where we play a Pathfinder Second Edition campaign. Graybeard or Graybeard Severn, and uh, you can uh, check out my schedule on the Twitter. And the next thing I have coming up is Thursday at 4 p.m. over on Encounter Roleplay, where I play Fuck the Farooked. The steampunk, zombie-fighting, vampire friend, werewolf hunter, currently. Anyway, we'll figure that out. And then every other Friday, I'm over on Dammit Barry's channel for some Ghost of Salt Marsh. And then every other Sunday, not the one with LB and uh, RJ, but with me and LB over on G Game Nights for uh, 4 p.m. to play some Monster of the Week. Oh, uh, and then back here on Tuesdays. So come check out Kronk, and uh, we'll uh, see you then. Hi, I'm LB Hackamup. You can find me at LB Hackamup on Twitter. Uh, there are people in my life that want me to tweet more, and I told them that if I got to 250 followers, I would. Uh, I don't think we're going to get there, so I don't have to tweet more. But <laughs> if we do, I will post a kitten picture I'm gonna say for a month straight, every day. Um, and they will all be my kittens uh, that I've had or had. Uh, and uh, yeah, so you've heard all the things that I'm in, except uh, uh, not next, wait, next week. Yeah, next week, Wednesday on Nerd Immersion's channel, we are doing our D&D fifth edition game where I am playing Siren, the uh, daughter of Hubris, uh, as an adult. Uh, who has some spy-like tendencies. She's basically Black Widow mixed with Rogue or uh, Cougar from The Losers. But yeah, watch me. Hey everybody, I'm Danae Keener from DanaeKeener.com. I do nerdy drawings mostly related to D&D and a lot of things on this channel. I play here on Mondays and Tuesdays. And uh, this Sunday, I'm going to be guesting over on uh, the Hype Goblins channel doing the Nexus Adventures with the indoor adventure over here. So I'm pointing this way, actually, maybe up there. He's up there. Um, so that's where we're going to be uh, at 7.30 a.m. Central, uh, DanaeKeener.com. Hello, everybody. I, uh, 
If you've made it this far, you probably already know who I am, but if you don't, hey fella, what's up? It's me, your buddy, your pal, your friend, the indoor adventurer, the showrunner here at twitch.tv slash indoor adventures. We do shows like this Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we, of course, have our homebrew game. We have this game, which is Waterdeep War of the Spark for now, and then we have our Ghosts of Saltmarsh game. Uh, we also have a Patreon set up to help support these shows and cover the cost of all of our recurring payments, so things like Adobe, Zoom, Pretzel, improved artwork and assets for new characters for new shows and other things that we end up doing. All of that comes from channel funds and all of those channel funds are gained from your contributions. Uh, as Denae said, this Sunday I am going to be guesting on the Hype Goblins channel for Nexus Adventures and that will be at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm going to be so... T I'm going to play in a game, and then I'm going to take a nap, and then I'm going to go to work for the day, because <laughs> that sounds like a really great plan. Uh, other than that, next week, uh, you can join us for our Monster Noir game next Wednesday uh, that, is, that is, of course, run by our dear friend GB. And also features today. So if you want uh, more of these people in your life, consider going to check any of those things out. Other than that, uh, we are now going to be going into our Patreon-supported uh, after show called Knights in the Courtyard, where we answer questions not only from the community, but also from each other. So I would like to say, once again, thank you to these players for putting up with my bullshit this week. Thank you to everybody who decided to stop on by, and we will see you guys next time. All right, everybody. 5 a.m.'s gonna blow! <laughs>